0: this week. Welcome to worship at Seattle Mennonite Church. This is uh, the last Sunday before Advent. We were talking this morning a little bit about Advent and candles and, and that that's just right around the corner. Our scripture for from our narrative lectionary this morning is from Jeremiah. Um, part of it a very familiar text about God writing covenant on our hearts and part of it a story that was probably known to me, but long forgotten uh, about God's God trying to break through to God's people in covenant and uh, sometimes unsuccessfully. This morning, as every Sunday, we acknowledge that we worship on the land of first peoples here in Seattle. That is our Duwamish neighbors who are still alive and thriving in this city and around this region. This week, I invite you to Uh, check out their annual craft gift craft fair and art sale. I think I said that a little bit wrong, but that's next weekend and it is still happening in person at the Longhouse. Uh, And then there's, there's going to be a food truck outside. uh, So still an opportunity to have, to support indigenous businesses in that way. Also the, the Duwamish are celebrating this week. They have reached 10,000, people who are subscribed, who are supporting them through real rent in a regular way. That's a real milestone. And if you haven't visited, yeah, a little like silent cheer. Let's give everyone, let's give us a, let's give a silent cheer. That's what they do. So they do in kindergarten, online kindergarten sometimes. Uh, So if you still are not a real renter, you have an opportunity anytime to, to visit the website real rent and to choose a level that feels feels right for you in honoring the duwamish as the first peoples of of the seattle area our gathering song this morning uh, lauren is going to be leading us in come and see and megan will share the music for that
1: come and see I am the way and the truth, said he. Follow me, follow me. Come as a child, oh, come.
0: together so grateful for your leadership in music i invite uh, all of you to join in the call to worship it's going to be posted there in the in the chat and megan will lead the response part and i will lead the one part please join me the days are surely coming says the lord when i will make a new covenant it will not be like the old covenant
2: written on a stone
0: This will be a radically new covenant. My laws will be within you.
2: Written on hearts.
0: And God added these wonderful words. I am your God and you are my people.
2: Imprint these words anew on our hearts, O God, so that we know you in all your fullness love you as you love us, and worship you as you deserve.
0: Let us worship God. We light our peace candle each week to acknowledge that we both witness to and participate in God's desire for a just peace for all of creation. When we talk about just peace one of the ways that we that God longs for a just shalom peace for all people is in the marketplace an economic peace and parity and today i pray particularly for local businesses restaurants small business owners people who are impacted the most during this time of lockdown and shutdown and um, and pray that we as, as uh, neighbors and community members can support those folks. And lifting up to our, we were talking this morning about 10,000 villages, lifting up craftspeople and artists who also have been impacted by having to be shut away and the, the shrinking of the economy and of our spending. I pray for a just peace. And together we pray, we long for a just peace. We pray for a just peace we choose to live for a just peace. May the peace of Christ be with you and with each one of you. For our children's time this morning, I'm going to be talking about, I'm gonna show a picture. I'm gonna be talking about this shape. I know that anyone who knows shapes knows that this shape is a heart shape. Now, when we talk about hearts, we can talk about this, this idea of what this is, this shape, or we could talk about this. This is not the same thing. It kinda sorta, if you like, look at the shape of the human heart, looks a little bit like the shape of a heart kind of. But when we think of heart, most of us, I think most first think of this. And when we use the word heart, we use that in all kinds of ways when we talk about hearts. Of course, there's this shape, but this shape is used in lots of different ways. So here's one example of how heart is used. And you can see the letters I and heart and you. But we know that when we see something like that, we don't mean heart, usually that heart is a stand in for love. I love you. Or we can, sometimes we see, I thought about using the picture, I heart and which is I heart New York. I love New York, which is a sort of a classic example of how we use that word, how we use a heart. Or this is another way we might see a heart. I know that when I'm looking at pictures on Instagram, Ori really likes to tap the heart and make a white heart show up on the screen to say, I like that. I like that picture. I like you. And sometimes we do this. Also, Pastor Megan's doing it too. I see other people doing that sign of heart, a little heart to say, I love you. Or do you know this one? This one is a little bit new to me. If you follow K-pop, you can use make a little heart with your fingers make a little heart to say, I love you. I can see pastor Megan is doing that too. I see a few other people trying it and you can see the little heart in the fingers or there are so many different kinds of heart emojis and each of them means something different. I'm going to say something slightly different with each heart. I don't even know all of them. I know that you can look up and to see exactly what each different kind of heart means. Or what about this kind, these kinds of hearts, all kinds of different messages on them. And Uh, we use those around Valentine's day. And the same as this kind of a heart, this is a special kind of card that you might send somebody, especially on Valentine's day, especially to say, I love you or I'm thinking of you or you're special to me. So when we use hearts, it's not like the heart in the human body, but I think that the reason why we use a heart to mean something is special or I love you is because our hearts are such an important part of our bodies. Our hearts are really important to how we live and they make the blood flow through our body. So when we say heart, that's something that's very special or deep within us. So when God wants to tell God's people, I love you, you can listen to the story, I'm going to read right after we talk about hearts. God says, "I'm going to put it right on your heart. It's going to be right. I, That I love you is going to be within you." Now, the other word that we're going to hear in this story is the word covenant. Now, covenant is a we we might we hear that word a lot in the Bible, and we use it in our church. The reason that we use it is it's a very special kind of agreement. It's like saying an agreement and a promise that are together, an agreement plus a promise. And in times before emojis and before in computers and before being able to write things in books or on paper, people might write their agreements on a scroll. So they might have a kind of a scroll like this that they would put their agreement on and they would it would be an agreement and they would read it and might, maybe people would sign it or put a special seal on it and that would be the agreement. And God is saying, instead of writing it on paper, I'm going to write it on your heart. So because, you know what, I'm just realizing I forgot to light the peace candle. That's an important part of the next thing I'm going to do. Because one of the things we hear in the story is that God told the prophet Jeremiah to write the covenant on paper. But the problem with paper is that paper can get crumpled up or torn up paper can get burned up oh boy and then what happens to that covenant if it's written on paper it disappears but what God is saying is I want to write a covenant now this is just a paper heart too this paper heart can burn up But God is saying, I want to write a covenant on your heart, a covenant that can't get burned up, a covenant that can't get destroyed or crumpled, a covenant that you'll remember. Here's what I wrote on the heart. It says, I will be your God. And that's God's promise. God's promise to us, we're God's people. And God's saying, I will be your God, that's my promise. And it can't get burned up in the fire like I burned up the one on the scroll. It's permanent and it's inside us, not even like this covenant, that this, this promise that's on this paper heart. So I'm gonna read the scripture, the story from Jeremiah. And you can listen for where you hear the word covenant And where you hear the word heart and to God's promise to God's people. The scripture, this scripture reading this morning is from Jeremiah from chapters 36, selections from chapters 36 and 31. In the fourth year of King Jehoiakim, son of Josiah of Judah, this word came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Take a scroll Write on it all the words I have spoken to you against Israel and Judah and all of the nations from the day that I spoke to you, from the days of Josiah until today. It may be that the house of Judah hears all of the disasters that I intend for them. All of them may turn from their evil ways so that I may forgive their iniquity and all of their sin. Then Jeremiah called Baruch who wrote on the scroll at Jeremiah's dictation, all the words that the, of the Lord that he had spoken to him. And Jeremiah ordered Baruch saying, I am preventing from en- prevented from entering the house of the Lord. So you go yourself on the fast day in the hearing of the people of the Lord's house, and you shall read the words of the Lord from the scroll that you have written at my dictation. You shall read them also in the hearing of all the people of Judah who have come up from their towns, It may be that their plea will come before the Lord and all of them will will turn from their evil ways for great is the anger and the wrath of the Lord that has been pronounced against this people. And Baruch did all that the prophet Jeremiah ordered ordered him reading from the scroll, the words of the Lord in the Lord's house. Then the king sent someone to get this scroll and he took it from the chamber of the secretary And Jehudai read it to the king and all of the officials who stood beside the king. Now, the king was in his winter apartment. It was the ninth month, and there was a fire burning in the brazier before him. As they read three or four columns, the king would cut them off with the penknife and throw them in the fire of the brazier until the entire scroll was consumed in the fire that was in the brazier. Now, after the king had burned the scroll with the words that Baruch wrote at Jeremiah's dictation, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah Take another scroll and write on it all the former words that were on the first scroll, which King Jehoiakim of Judah has burned. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the old covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. A covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, says the Lord. But this is the new covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, know the Lord, for they all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sins no more. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God.
2: Thanks be to God. I am once again grateful for the Narrative Lectionary and for the way that it invites me and us into some of these lesser known stories from the Hebrew Bible, from the First Testament stories that we often skip right over, or frankly, just don't spend a lot of time dwelling in or wondering about or seeking connections for our own lives. And here we are again with an unfamiliar text um, that leads to a very familiar text. That last portion that Amy read from chapter 31 is very familiar, but the first part of the story with the scroll and the king and Jeremiah and Baruch and the dictating and the penknife and the burning all of that is, I'm guessing, unfamiliar to many of you. It certainly was to me. So I'm going to make three stops along the way in this narrative, in this story. The first to consider the people, the second to consider the king, and the third to consider scrolls of the heart. And then I will wonder about what these three things, what's in this story for us? The first stop that I make in the story is about the people As you heard, God instructed Jeremiah to write all the words, all the words that God had ever spoken or given to the people on a scroll. And so Jeremiah employs his friend Baruch to write that on the scroll. Jeremiah dictates to Baruch and they write all the words. And now the story does tell us that God was angry um, because the covenant had been broken. The people had broken their part of the covenant, their part of the promise to God. So there is anger there, but these words that God instructs Jeremiah to write on a scroll, they are an invitation back. They're an invitation back. They are a reminder of the covenant and a pathway back into the yes of the covenant And this scroll where all the words that God had spoken to the people were written down. This scroll, Jeremiah instructs Baruch to read to the people, to all the people, to all the people of Judah. So what we learn about the people in this first stop in the story is that the covenant, the covenant from God is for the people for all the people it is democratic it is grassroots god is saying we're not going to do a top-down telling of this covenant but let's let all the people in on it the second stop i'm going to make in this story is for the king the king who is sitting in his winter apartment with a fire burning in the brazier. And I just must confess to you that I don't know exactly what a brazier is, but I would like a winter apartment with a fire burning in the brazier. That sounds really delightful. I would like to order that for the next four months, please. (laughs) In all seriousness though, uh, This describes the king being in his winter apartment. This describes distance from the people. I think that's part of what the narrative function of all those details are in this story is that the king is set apart and away, he's disconnected, he is distanced, he is out of touch from the people. So, this is a king who is in power and who is apart. The other thing that strikes me about the specificity of this scene is the penknife. So, after every several columns are read, the king takes a penknife and cuts it out from the scroll and puts it in the fire in the brazier. This is very calculated. Uh, This is a very calculated destruction. Uh, This is not a king in a fit of rage who crumples up and tosses away. This is a very cold and calculated uh, excising of God's words to the people and then deliberate attempt to destroy by burning. So what we learn about the king is that jeremiah was in fact right to have read the scroll to all the people of judah because the king could not be trusted to pass the word along to the people the people the king and now my third stop is the scrolls of the heart After the king burns the entire scroll methodically in his brazier, in his winter apartment. Then God speaks to Jeremiah a second time. And a second time invites Jeremiah to write God's words on a scroll. To write those former words that were in the first scroll. To write them again on a second scroll. And Jeremiah does. Jeremiah does write those words on a scroll again. And the text tells us though we didn't hear this particular piece of the story because it's a long story. So we've only heard excerpts. So one little piece of the story that I want to share with you that wasn't in um, the verses that we heard this morning. The text tells us that when Jeremiah wrote the scroll on this second scroll, wrote all the words of God again. It tells us that, quote, many similar words were added to them. Many similar words were added to those original words of God. So not only has the king's burning of the scroll not defeated the words, have been the king's burning has been completely unsuccessful in it, in its attempt to destroy the words. Not only has it been unsuccessful, but those words continue to have power and have in fact grown. They have grown as the people have lived with these words, which then we learn have been imprinted on their hearts. As the people have lived with these words, even though the scroll was burned away, as the people have lived with these words, they have grown and they have added their many similar words to the original words. So the attempt by the king to destroy this word, this word of God for God's people, that attempt, if anything, was counterproductive because these words not only lived on, but grew these are the scrolls of the hearts so what do we learn about god and us in this story what might we what might we learn starting with the people god's words of truth and justice and liberation and belonging, I am yours and you are mine, and covenant, those words of God are for all. They are for all people. And second, the king, despite the best attempts of those who are in power, who might have a cold calculating Longing to destroy, despite those best attempts, God's words of truth and justice and liberation and belonging and covenant, those words cannot be destroyed by the powerful. But in fact, will rise up again and again and again. With many similar words added to them as people of faith live into new times and new places and new contexts. As the people of God seek God's wisdom and God's path in facing every new issue under the sun. In other words, God's covenant with the people is a living document. It's a Google Doc. It keeps changing. It's a living document. It's a living word among the people attempts of the powerful cannot destroy. And third, that brings us to the scrolls of the heart, which is part of why those words can't be destroyed because they are on our hearts. The words, God's words of truth and of justice and of liberation and of belonging and of covenant, those words are written on our hearts. Now we all make decisions differently. Uh, We often talk about three things that help us make decisions and some of us tend toward one or the other more. We have our heads, um, which symbolizes logic and pros and cons lists and um, thinking through likely or possible consequences of particular actions or choices. So there is head in our decision making. There's heart. There's feeling. There's emotion. There's um, relationship. Sometimes that factors into how we make decisions. It's based on our relationships. And then there's gut, the third. Gut, which represents our instinct or our intuitive sense or what just seems right, even if you can't quite put your head or your heart on why. What in your gut? So These are sort of the three places that we often talk about making decisions or leading with in our decision making, and we're all different. And so many of us have one or the other that is maybe more prominent for us over the top over the our lifespan, or sometimes within each of us, we might rely on one of those three differently in different contexts. Maybe we do decision-making differently in our work context versus our family context, for example. Or given a particular issue, we might rely more on one or the other. I might be more head about a house that I'm deciding to buy, for example. Um, As a church, as a congregation, we um, have, for the last at least five years, as long as I've been here, used a process that we've called Alternately, congregational discernment, spiritual discernment. We realized as we were working on our bylaws that we've been calling it spiritual discernment that came out of our foundational documents. But then our discernment document doesn't actually use uh, the modifier spiritual; it uses congregational discernment. But we've been using this model for our discernment together for years now. And part of what we, how we describe that, is that we're seeking to listen for God's voice together. We're seeking to listen for God's invitation, for God's will for us as a community, God's path for us. And we do that by listening to one another and watching for the movement of the spirit among us. And so this story of Jeremiah reminds me of this good news, uh, this resource that we have among many other resources, of course, but the God's words of truth and justice and liberation and belonging and covenant are written on our hearts. They are for all people, they are indestructible, even in the face of the powerful's attempts to destroy them, and they're here. They're here within us. May we know these words of God within us. And may we, as a people of faith, a people of God, may we continue to add many similar words to them. Amen, and may it be so.
1: As our, as our song of response, we'll sing Come the Felt, number 521. Is it going to be up on the screen? Yeah. <laughs> fountain fountain of every blessing, to my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never cease, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me song, melodious sonnet, sung by praise. Raise the mountain, fix the barn, wound of God's unchanging love. Here I raise my ever hither by thy help I come, and I hope by thy good pleasure to to all I'm at home. Jesus saw me with a stranger wandering from the
3: Scrolls on our hearts are also our prayers, spoken and unspoken. So let's continue in a spirit of honesty with God and one another, attending to the landscape of gratitude and longing that God is continuing to write on our hearts. Let us pray together. Gracious God, we come to you broken from that which confines us, the prejudice buried weighted down with fear, distorted self-protection breaking me, breaking us, breaking you. And so we come to you seeking to be made whole for you, God, put your love within us. You wrote it on our hearts that we may be your people. Compassionate God, God of covenant, God of love, we come to you tired yearning for peace and harmony. Loving God, we offer up our suffering and the suffering of the world and come to you seeking that all will be made whole. We hold in your care this day all folks living or suffering COVID or who love people who are ill, knowing that the deeper we wade into the waters of pandemic, the more of us do know and love someone who is affected. Today we pray especially for Rita and for her sister-in-law, Phyllis. We hold her and all the residents of staff and staff in memory care facilities where she lives and all our country in the coming week we also pray for those facing the difficult decision of whether and how to participate in Thanksgiving celebrations with family and friends for all who are feeling pressure to gather and don't want to for health and safety for all those living alone and feeling isolated in this season of Thanksgiving may ways of connection and community be experienced, reminding us that we are all connected. We are grateful this week for Bob Brubaker's successful, albeit unanticipated double bypass surgery. We pray for his continued recovery, for his wellness and his strengthening. And turning now to the prayers in the chat. Prayers with Mike and Robin for comfort for their friends Carol and Sam Bixler whose son Tim was shot and killed this morning. Oh my, so sorry. Prayers with Joanne for her mother's continued recovery from COVID and her sister, who is currently very sick with COVID. Prayers with Beth for rest and renewal as she begins a six week leave of absence from work. Prayers also for strength and safety for all the caregivers at Swedish Ballard and everywhere there is so much fatigue weariness of spirit and anxiety. With Pete and Pat, prayers for their nephew and his wife, Kozue from Japan, who have their interview with immigration department tomorrow to secure her green card status. Prayers with Anna Lena for their friend, Lee, he him as he is in hospice, brain tumor. May his family have comfort during his last days. And with that also gratitude for Magnus' successful surgery. Just gonna pause here for a moment to attend to the silences in in our minds and hearts as well. Mm -hmm. We hold before you, O God, those concerns that we do not have words for yet. know and have confidence that you hold with us and that we can hold together in community even without words and prayers with cat for farm workers many who have reduced work hours this time of year and are concerned about how to pay their expenses this is in addition to all the barriers they face every day Prayers for all of our mental health during these hard times. Prayers for ongoing recovery also with Ken Greenrich who is recovering from COVID, feeling better every day but the journey is long. And prayers of celebration also with Allegheny Mennonite Conference who is contemplating um, the return of resources in reparative justice to indigenous communities after the sale of some property in Washington, DC. Prayers for them as they contemplate the healing of memories and the healing of hurts and the righting of wrongs. Prayers with Ruth for this transition of our government that it will a way will be made oh gentle god god of covenant of love you who put your love within us who wrote it on our hearts that we may be your people draw us into you anoint us with your peace write your compassion on our hearts that we may love as you love. Amen.
0: We continue our worship in a spirit of prayer, giving thanks for all of the offerings that each of us continues to contribute and for the means to be able to collect those offerings digitally. Our closing song for this morning is The Love of God. The version that Melanie and Jonathan Jonathan are going to lead us in is the version that will appear in our Voices Together hymnal. So you may notice that the words are a little bit different than what you're used to. I invite you to listen to those to those differences, or if you notice differences, listen to how that feels differently to you. And I invite you to sing with Melanie and Jonathan together.
1: The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The wandering child is reconciled by God's beloved son. The aching soul again made whole. Priceless pardon one, a love of God, all rich and pure, all measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. When ancient times shall pass away, and human thrones and kingdoms fall, when those who hear refuse to pray on rocks and hills and mountains call, God's love so sure shall still endure, all measureless and strong. Grace will be found when hope grows The saints and song, of oh God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong! It shall for endure, the saints and angels' song. Could we with the ocean fill, and were the skies of parchment made, were every stock on earth a quill, and every one a scribe by trade to write the love of God above, would drain the whole ocean dry? Nor could the contain the whole, the stretch from sky to the sky. O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure the saints and angels'
2: sigh.
0: Oh, I see Pastor Megan sighing with me. Uh, So, so grateful for uh, hearing those voices in harmony and for the invitation into covenant that God offers to us. I invite you to receive this benediction. May the living word of the Lord dwell in you. May it live through you. May it fill your thoughts and deeds. May it fill your mouth with God's message of love. May it sustain you in good times and in bad. May it equip you for a ministry of peace and of hope. Amen. May it be so.